This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Playing With Squirrels, a Boy Meets World podcast. Uh, this is episode 15, Breaking Up is Really, Really Hard to Do, which aired on January 27th, 1995. And uh, in this particular episode... Corey is invited to a party, but it's couples only. Um, and he says something that made me think of you and I. He goes, some of us have committed ourselves to the single life. 35 years strong. <laughs> uh, and this is the episode, this is kind of a well-regarded episode for a specific sequence. But I actually ended up really loving this episode. Like, this might end up being my favorite episode of season two. Tough call, because we did have... The episode where Corey and Sean form a band, which is definitely the top. Axis? Yeah, oh, that's, that's a top. One. That's a top episode of the early seasons. Um, but this episode introduces Wendy, who is just a great. I really like her character, and I really like this episode. And I think that this episode does a great job of showing the divide that is how Corey and Sean will pursue relationships for the rest of their lives. Yep. And uh, we talked a little bit about this before we even hit record, and you have a lot of good points that you had brought up that I didn't even think of. So I, I want us to dig into that, but let's kind of just go down the show in chronological order, and we'll get to your point that you were making at the end, because it's a really solid point about the future of Boy Meets World. Uh, Sean's basically just like, hey, Corey, you kind of like Wendy. I can tell that Wendy likes you. You should just go and ask her to the party. Just be a couple so you can go to the party. Yeah. Uh, and... Corey says the same thing that I would say in that situation where I'm like, I don't think that that's morally okay, and I don't feel comfortable doing that. But, like, Sean pushes him to do it. Uh, and this leads to Corey being in this very committed, serious relationship right away. And, at the, you know, they pick on Wendy a lot in this episode, both his parents and his friends, about her being crazy. And there's definitely moments where she says some things where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a little rough. But she's 13. Like, yeah. it's, like, totally acceptable 13-year-old girlfriend stuff. I like the backup because, like, all right, this show was written probably by, like, 30-year-olds. Yeah. But I feel like this is a logistic, like, this is actually how it happened. Like, I feel like most people, your first girlfriend was because, like, your friend had a girlfriend. And Sean yeah. always has a girlfriend. He's just like, yeah, you should just get a girlfriend. Yeah, just go ask a girl. It's fine. And then you realize that, like, oh, you're way in over your head. Yeah. As you get in that relationship. But what I like about this, which is also very realistic, and we talked about this a little bit, is that you get that in-over-your-head first relationship, but it starts planting the seeds of what you do and don't want Mm -hmm. in a relationship. And, you know, you brought this up a little bit, that the way that Wendy is in this episode is kind of how Corey becomes in all future episodes. Yeah, so, like, we're going to dive a little bit in the future here, but... As this episode progresses, Corey is kind of like um, a little taken back by how Wendy acts in the relationship. 
And then at the end, like he has a he has a dream sequence. Yeah. And he realizes that this is kind of actually what he wants. And at the end, when spoiler alert, the episode fails, he's left kind of devastated. And you realize that like, no, he's realized that like this is what he wanted, even though he didn't know it for the last twenty minutes. Yeah. And now this is what he's gonna seek. For all future. Well, and he's mostly into her until someone tells him that he shouldn't be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Thanks, Sean. Yeah, like, well, and his dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's only when someone gets into his head that he doesn't want to be with Wendy that he starts to think that he doesn't want to be with her. Which is why I think this is actually a really beautiful and well-written episode. Uh, real quick, there's a very small B-plot in which uh, Eric has been grounded from girls. Yeah. And... Uh, there's two really good quotes back back to back where uh, Alan says to him, you've got to learn that you can't get far just by relying on your looks. And he goes, but I want to be a weatherman. <laughs> and, huh? Foreshadowing. <laughs> and then, don't take away my girls. <laughs> uh, and then that's when his best friend Jason tells him about Dominique, the hairstylist. Now, it's not like the greatest B-plot, but the fact that it's a Eric B-plot makes the episode because it's... All and the they gave it the right amount yeah. of time. It's like five minutes out of 20. All <laughs> the B-plots are always going to be filler because you can't just have uh, Sean and Corey for 25 minutes. So the fact that like when Eric gets a B-plot, it's just... It's such a different tone yeah. that it just makes the episode. One, at least in my favorite... Probably my favorite quote outside of the infamous one, which is when they're all sitting around the dinner table and Eric comes in and he goes, what, I can get a haircut? I can get as many as I want. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Like That is his his subplot in a nutshell is he gets addicted to getting haircuts and then the the bumper at the end of the episode is him like breaking up from haircuts unsuccessfully. I, I don't. I don't really like looking back at. I always wonder what happened to his best friend because he just disappeared. He just disappeared and then got replaced with a Lawrence brother in later years. Yeah, uh, he got turned into a cat. I mean, <laughs> like, if, if I could replace a friend with a Lawrence brother, I would. Yeah, I'd be gone. Yeah, this would be Jeff and a Lawrence yeah. brother talking about Probably Matt. Trouble. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like I said, Wendy's a great girlfriend. Sean keeps trying to force Corey to break up with her. Uh, but there's another important foreshadowing thing in here, which is Sean's welfare poem. Because in the end, turns out Sean really good poet. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like that becomes like think a, about that. Yeah, like all the later seasons, he's like all about poetry, and I think he's even a poet in Girl Meets World. Like, yeah. yeah. So like in high school is when he would write it in his little journal, and nobody knew about it, and he was yeah. doing it for years. So maybe ever since this welfare poem. <laughs> Secretly been writing in a journal. <laughs> the welfare poem scene is still really, really funny. Um, my heart broke. Like, broke when the teacher's reading the Leave Me and I'll Die poem yeah. while Corey has just handed her a breakup <laughs> note. And you see the panic on his face. And it's very comedic. And then she reads it and it's just like, can I please be excused? And I was like, no! <laughs> like... Because I am Corey. He like yeah. runs out there and he's like, I am so sorry. I wrote, I should, I was supposed to write not. We should, should not, not break up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've all probably been stuck in relationships that should have ended before they ended. And I think you just all three stuck. of the ones that I've been yeah. in <laughs> were. And you, and you just get stuck because maybe you're a nice guy or maybe you just, or a nice girl, or maybe you're just afraid of what is out there when you're alone again. Yeah. But there is the, the so. 
Like I said, she brings up a few things that are a little weird. She, like, walks downstairs and is like, this wedding dress is beautiful. I hope I can wear it one day. Which is, like, a weird thing to say. And she talks about them having three kids, which has probably one of the better quotes in the episode where Corey looks at his dad and goes, three kids, what do you think about that, Gramps? (laughs) (laughs) But... We'll see you outside. <laughs> um, but there, right before the moment that everyone remembers this episode for, he talks about how he tried to break up with her on the front step, and then he ended up <laughs> hanging out inside of her house, and he's like, they've got three generations of people in that house. The men don't say much. <laughs> uh, he's it's, got some actually good comedy this Corey's, this is definitely the Corey that I know and love, really starting to shine through. Like, the awkward, anxious, no control over his life, Corey. Um, But it leads to probably the most infamous early years segment, them imagining themselves as old men. Well, it's just him, because he falls asleep. Yeah, Yeah. and they want you to take the roles. But I gotta say... Major props to Ryder Strong because his performance of an old man is so accurate and funny. <laughs> Corey, is that you? <laughs> like, of course, it's me. I come here every day. He's just sitting there. He goes, "That's wonderful." <laughs> like he's so funny in that part. Uh, but I, I think you're right. Around that dream sequence. You know, he well, in that dream sequence at the very end is like when he tells her like he thanks her for like just providing he's like a great complaining life. Yeah. to Sean that it's been like ninety years he's stuck with this person. Yeah, and then he, he's like, "You've given me these socks and the <laughs> three or four wonderful children." <laughs> and I like to joke about the socks because yeah. then he puts his feet up on the table and he says he's never taken yeah, them off. Never taken them off. They're pretty good socks. They're all golf. <laughs> they're a little bit green, I think, in there. Um. And that, like, when he wakes up, he I feel like is when he realizes, like, that's what... He doesn't want to be Sean. He doesn't want to be this person that moves from woman to woman. He wants to find one person that truly wants to take care of him and that he can take care of also. And he... And I think he develops... I think the biggest difference from Wendy to Topanga is that he develops a little bit more backbone with Topanga. Because there's a scene, after he concludes that maybe this is what he wants, he sits down and he goes, here's our burgers. I didn't get cheese on them because you said that's bad for me. And you told me about bad red meat, so it's just a bun. Where it's like, I feel like by the time he gets into the Topanga relationship, he's at least a little bit more willing to like stand up for himself. Where in this, it's just like, whatever she says, I'm going to do. Uh, and that's when he admits to her that, you know, it's funny, I didn't expect to be in this lifelong relationship. When I asked you out, it was just because I needed a date. And that destroys her, and she breaks up with him. And it's what leads to, you said this ends on such a downer ending, and it really does, because Sean sits down, and I love this scene because it plays out the way, um, you know, we, we both have our mutual friend, Ed. And I feel like we've both had a situation where we've had a breakup and we're sad about it. And like Ed is the person who's like, you're single again. You and I, we've got these twi-. like it's like we're going to go out. And it's like, no, like yeah. I need to be alone. Like and and I think that that really does set up the divide of how their relationship, their friendship will be from this point on. Is that like you said, Corey now realizes this is what he wants. At a young age, he wants someone who will take care of him, someone that will make him his Belgian waffles with the whipped cream and strawberries. Who doesn't? And and Sean will continue to kind of be a womanizer uh, until Angela 
Yeah. Basically. Which, like, I don't, like, they've never really explained that. But, like, my assumption is that I feel like Sean, he's definitely got these insecurities. And he's afraid that, like, and they, I guess they explain that later on. Yeah. When he meets um the girl from, is it, is it 10 Things I Hate About You? that he Yeah. Did, that he's, like, desperately, like, kind of actually likes a lot. And they, it's in, like, season maybe, like, four where they kidnap him for Valentine's Day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, like. Before then, he doesn't really think that he can bring anything to the table. Yeah, and that's so what, he just moves before it's like a. Well, week no, out. It, it's that he likes. If I recall correctly, I think it's in season four or five. But it's that he likes Angela, and it's all of the girls from oh, the yeah, past yeah. that oh. kidnap him, and are like, "Are you just going to hurt her like you've hurt all of us?" And he's like, "No, because I actually love this one." Yeah. And it's like him realizing that maybe he can be a boyfriend because previously he never believed that he could. I think it's a it's a combination of like at this point he doesn't think that he has the self-worth to bring to a relationship and it also takes him being friends with Topanga to realize like what a relationship actually is because it is a friendship with the opposite sex yeah it is not just making out with somebody and And I've had that conversation recently with a friend where we were uh, a friend at work and I were talking about dating and and um you know, I was saying how I kind of gotten off online dating because I, I just it it stresses me out and it doesn't really lead anywhere. And you know, we came to the conclusion that, especially if you're single in your 30s, it's probably going to end up being someone that you've been friends with for years that you never even considered because you need that friendship piece so strongly. I mean, it's not always going to be the case, but I definitely think. It took me a long time to realize how important the friendship piece of the puzzle is and not the like when you're when your first encounter is that you already know that you're meeting to determine if you're going to spend like yeah. time dating. It puts a really weird tone on the entire relationship right out the gate. Yeah, I mean, we're also segueing way away from Boy Meets World. But the issue is that like as you get older, like everything has a clock on it now. Yeah, so, like. At that first meeting, you need to decide, like, all right, well, if this is going to be serious, we're talking about at least, like, six months. Yeah. Do I want to devote six months to the person? And you have to decide, like, that. Yeah. Like, instantly. You, by, like, the third date, if you don't know, then that's your answer, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's very stressful. It's like it's, it's like speed dating, but you're not speed dating. You're going on real dates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know... Boy, hey, Playing with Squirrels is a Boy Meets World podcast. It's also a life podcast. It's using the lessons of Boy Meets World to I mean, teach. I feel like Boy Meets World is always a life. I feel like every time I ever watched Boy Meets World when I was in like... So I would I would religiously watch this show when I was like 20. I think it was 22. one of like three shows we watched in our apartment for and like I a year like and a half. Every time I put on an episode, it spoke to my exact moment of my life. And I was like... Something has a low battery over there. My phone just started telling me it has a low battery. Well, like, I feel like every time I put on an episode, that episode would specifically have a plot line that intertwined with what was going on in my life. Yeah. Maybe that's just because all their plot lines are very standard. Yeah, they're just relationships or friendship issues. Yeah. It's why Scrubs works so beautifully for me, too. That show always had a, a storyline that I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so do you have any other notes on breaking up is really, 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 really hard to do? That's not the full title. I threw some extra reallys in there. Um, <laughs> no. There is, I guess there's a little bit. This is where they start trying to build in uh, Jonathan Turner as like a primary character. Or do they start doing he's, that? I, I feel like he's been kind of doing that uh, in, the, in this season. He debuted at the start of this season, but... 
I definitely think that you know the the following season he takes Sean in, mm-hmm. and that's when like he definitely becomes like a main character. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert for people who have never watched Boy Meets World and are just listening to the show. <laughs> and I, I think also, like, I looked on on IMDb and it says uh, Topanga was credited in this episode, but I don't know if she's even in this episode I, unless she's in the class scene. I think Topanga at this point had, like, they knew that where they wanted to eventually go with Corey and Topanga, so she had gotten into the um, the main cast, even though she didn't appear in either episode that we've recorded for this season. Yeah. Uh which leads me to believe that they did at least have some idea that's like, okay, this person's going to stick around and we're going to do a thing with her. But they just wanted to put the pieces down to actually get there quicker. I want to look at one thing because the actress who played Wendy looked really familiar and I couldn't figure I, out if it's just because I watched it a bunch. I thought the same thing and I went on IMDb and I couldn't figure out who she was on IMDb. Let me see. Oh, wait. Episode oh, guy. primary picture is of like... Wait, did she grow up to do something? Her primary picture is her and Sean. <laughs> uh, and that must be like in, a, in Home Improvement. Why were they in Home Improvement? Oh, she's been in a previous episode. No shit. <laughs> so... Let me see this other episode. I'm trying... I literally just talked about her on a different episode from this season. Um, so, so, Wendy is the bully from Casper. All right. That picks on Christina Ricci. But she's in the second episode of this season. Oh, wow. I'm an idiot. This is a continuation of the second episode. The second episode is when everyone's pairing off, and Corey uh, and Sean recommends that Corey should date Wendy, and they hang out, and they enjoy each other's company, but it's too forced by Sean, so they decide to just be friends in the meantime. So this is a pay. I can't. I, my brain wiped that entirely. So yeah, this is a continuation so from that. I guess they actually knew what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for some odd reason they actually planned out all of their season, which doesn't make any sense for a 30-minute sitcom. No, it definitely feels like it was a show where they just had 20 writers writing 20 episodes simultaneously and called it a day. But, like, if you look through different seasons, there are definitely these aspects of the show that have, like, callbacks to other things or where, like, something early on is, like, an episode will play out in a different episode. Yeah, and I, that's what makes the show so great, though. So, uh, I mean, like I said before, probably my favorite episode of the second season. Um, you know, there's still a couple to go, but I just think that this was a very magical and well-written episode that uh, it really stuck out. It really it really did a, did a good service to the overall show. Uh, so, once again, Jeff, thank you for joining me. Yep. I'm sure you'll be back for season three. Yep. They also do want you to steal the roles. They I'm do want sure you they to steal just throw them away. They just throw them away. The I mean, he stole a lot more than the roles. He, he filled sweet and well. He filled up his entire cardigan sweater with all types of silverware. <laughs> jar of prunes. <laughs> oh, prunes! This will get me through the day. <laughs> all right. 